Papua New Guinea needs a giant wake-up call, according to a local academic. Andrew Anton Mako says the country's systemic dysfunction was plain to see in the rioting and looting throughout the country's main cities two weeks ago. Mr Mako, who is with the Australian National University's Development Policy Centre, says the government has failed to address the underlying causes of violence for years. He spoke with Don Wiseman firstly about how the outbreak of violence would have been avoided if systems had worked like they should. That deduction should not have happened if things were working properly. That information could have been already transmitted through the system so that not only the police officers but all the public servants could have been um, assured that there was a glitch in the system and then they would send the money back, the extra deduction, they will return the money in the next pay or so. So I think that information could have been made available to the officers quickly so that the protests that happened should not have happened if they have done that. It's not the first time though, is it? I think the PNG government is trying to present it as the sort of thing has never happened to us before, but it's just 18 months or so since an horrific election in which the violence level was at an all-time high. It's like there's a powder keg primed to uh, explode at any moment. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Don. It's a bigger problem. Whatever that happened on uh, Wednesday on the 10th was just the um, tip of the iceberg, right? This was going to happen. The governance is a big problem in this country, right? The government and the policymakers really need to take a comprehensive approach in addressing that. It's a big issue. And then with that, we've got corruption and everything like that. In order to improve the public service machinery and for things to work, the government really needs to look at the administration part of the uh, of the system that they have. There's a whole series of areas around that, aren't there, in terms of training, staffing numbers, staffing pay, this sort of thing. It's been talked about for a long time. I've been covering stories about Papua New Guinea for years, and these similar sorts of things keep coming up in terms of the pressures on government departments and the pressure on wage earners and so on and so on, but it just gets worse and worse. Over the last 20 years or so, there wasn't any comprehensive reform to look at the public service machinery. I think the last attempt by the government to look at this was 20 or so years ago when when the uh, late, say, Michael Moroto was the prime minister, right? So since then, there hasn't been any sort of reforms to improve governance, improve public sector efficiency and all that, right? So that's the bigger problem, right? We should have picked up where Semaker left. So it's a bigger problem. It goes back many years, but I think if we had done something in the last 20 years to pick up from where Sam Agarra left in terms of a comprehensive reform to you know, fix the issues, the administrative and governance issues of the country, we would not have uh, be facing the problems we are facing at the moment. So it's going to be a big problem, whichever government, this government or whether a new government comes on board or whatever happens, the government really needs, needs to look into that issue. as a big uh, priority for them. So where do you start? What's the first thing they need to do? It has to start from the leadership level, right? Firstly, the government needs to know that it's a big issue to start off with and then to you know, get into the hard work. You know, it's not going to be easy. They have to really work on it for a number of years. I don't think it will, it will happen overnight. They will have to come up with a reform agenda, work on it for, for the next four or five years, right? So at the moment, what we are seeing is that they come up with reviews and things like that and that they don't follow up with uh, you know, the actual work that really needs to be done, right? So the government says, okay, it is a problem and that we're going to set up a you know, work plan for another four to five years to actually look at it. It's not going to happen overnight. Let's go back a wee way because after the election in 2022 and there was a lot of talk about strengthening police and so on and there have been a couple of legal changes. 
that have given the police greater powers. I'm not sure whether any of those have been applied at this point, but what else has been done in that regard? Is that just something that was talked about then and put in the too-hard basket? There have been some reforms, but I think it's really looking at things that trying to address the symptoms, right? They're not really trying to address the core issues. So, for example, the ICAC, the Independent Commission Against Corruption, is really to look at corruption at a grander level, but then there's a lot of things at play at the lower levels of the society. For example, unemployment is a big issue, right? So the crime rate and things like that that are happening in Papua New Guinea, it's just because there is no jobs for the young people of this country. So it is about looking at what are the underlying issues that is actually driving the social issues. So whatever the looting and the things that happen on the 10th of January is a symptom of what is actually happening. There are underlying issues, like unemployment is a big issue that the government needs to look at. The high cost of living pressure that people are facing. Inflation is a symptom of high cost of production and high, co- uh, no, high cost of doing business in Papua New Guinea. So they will have to look at addressing the underlying issues, not the symptoms. So if you are addressing the unemployment issue, what do you do? in a country like PNG. I know there's been talk for a long time about the agricultural potential and anyone who's spent time in PNG can recognise that, but I don't know if that's changed very much in the last 20 years. That's right. The focus is to be on the sectors that create jobs. So over the last few years, over the last decade or so, a lot of focus has been really on the resources sector, the, uh, the mining, petroleum, the gas sector. Those sectors are really, we call enclave sectors, or they got really limited linkage with the, the broader sectors of the economy. So, And the mineral sector do not create a lot of jobs. A lot of the jobs are done by either machines or highly skilled workers. eh? So it is the sectors like agriculture, like fisheries, like tourism, forestry. Those are the sectors that really, really create jobs. So the focus of the government is to shift now towards improving those sectors, to invest a lot of money into these sectors, not only money, but also reform policies that will make sure that the agricultural sector, the fisheries sector, the tourism sector are revived. If they're thriving, then a lot of the unemployed people will be able to find jobs in those sectors. So it is a shift that has happened at the national level. It has to be driven by the government and the policymakers who say that we will have to focus our shift towards these sectors, sectors that will create jobs for the majority of the people, especially the younger population of the country.